0: hash mark angle to the left for Adam Donatari 48 yard field goal attempt set to go snap ball down kick up kick is on the way and it is good Get the duck boats ready! Get the duck boats ready! After 39 long years, the Cup is back home! The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions! And Bergeron on one, Clamber! save, over! Rebound ball, lost at the top of the crease! Ripsaw, score! Bergeron! Bergeron! Welcome, everyone. To episode thirty-four of the loudest sports show, brought to you by the Dorkening Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I am your host, Patrick Hall, but you can call me Patsy, the Angry Nerd, and I am here, as always, with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life, uh, slashes the Ice Queen.
1: It's the most wonderful time of the year.
0: I know. I gotta. I have to shave tomorrow before the game because I always start a new. With a playoff beard, like I shave everything down except for my 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 pink goatee. I shave everything else off, all all my facial hair. Me and too. Then we just let it go until, uh, I mean, a couple of years ago, I looked like I slept in a box car.
1: Mm, yeah. Because
0: I cannot grow a mustache. I uh, no, I
1: look, you uh, you look like you diddle kids in the back of your van.
0: Yeah, I, I do not look good with a mustache whatsoever. But uh, speaking of playoffs.
1: Speaking of mustaches.
0: Uh, I mustache you a question. Uh, Speaking of the playoffs.
1: Oh, side note. I just got a really, really, really good opening face-off question for next week.
0: Is it something about playoff beards?
1: Maybe. Zidane O'Chara. I mustache you a question.
0: Uh, The best is Zidane O'Chara. The worst is Sidney Crosby. Because he always has the same facial hair who but, looks... but
1: i mean like we're not i know i don't, don't want to talk about just like current guys i want to talk about of, like all time it's like there have been some
0: he can almost pull off the john snow <laughs> season one that's how bad sydney crosby's a little hair patchy
1: is. there sid
0: Ugh, that's why they call him sid the kid but this week the question is in your opinion what is the best playoff series you've ever seen and this encompasses all sports So I'll let you go first, because we talked a little bit about this off air. You were having a tough time, and I reminded you of something. Well, so so
1: it's not that you reminded me of it. No, I reminded you
0: specifically of something.
1: Yes, yes. So I I wasn't going to try to uh, go for the low-hanging fruit, but that's what I'm going for. Uh, So we're talking about all of sports, and we're not talking about ever. We're talking about playoff series that you have seen that you've witnessed either in person or from the comfort of your own home or you know at a bar somewhere but um yeah i i no no surprise here i have to go with the bruins vancouver series from twenty eleven, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the, the the Stanley Cup finals, I should say. Um that series, you know, it wins seven games and there was they were something about 0-2. it. I
0: mean,
1: Tim Thomas standing on his fucking head. Uh Horton getting injured. And ga- I will never forget this. Game 7 was in Vancouver. Yep. And they had really wanted to win it, uh, Game 6, because, you know, you could uh, to win the cup home. on home ice, you know, in front of your crowd, the they crowd that has have, been though, cheering. Because they were know, down 3-2. Right. But um, I will never forget watching Horton open up his thermos. The
0: water bottle.
1: And pour dirty old boston water on the ice it was
0: boston uh, home ice he's like we turned their home ice into our home ice it was a great gesture yeah because he had a concussion
1: yeah yeah he was injured he couldn't play uh which was really sad after winning the montreal i was gonna say like he he definitely showed up for us uh during that that whole playoff run game seven Um, game winner you know, but there's just there's just something so magical, and the rivalry that ensued between the Canucks and the Bruins. I mean, it got filthy. You know, the vegetarian Alex Burroughs, oh, taking fuck, a bite out of Patrice Bergeron. Fuck those two you know, the Sedin sisters. You know, uh, Brad Marchand going after them.
0: My favorite uh, moment of of like, Marshan's gamesmanship, is he's standing there, and he's got one of the Sedins by the front of his sweater, and he's just kind of, like, bopping him like a, like a fucking bop bag, and he's just bopping him in the face. And instead of retaliating, doing anything, the Sedin looks at the ref and goes, oh, he's hitting me! And the ref's just like, Hit <laughs> him back. Hit him back. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, it What's was a, the fuck. You're a hockey a very player.
1: Physical series that you know. I mean, it, it, you come to expect some of this physicality in the playoffs, but usually players are more they're they're more focused on the game itself. They're they're not. Yeah, uh, not they, you, they're you not Usually don't see. Yeah, I was gonna say. You usually don't see that many penalty call, uh, penalties called in the playoffs. It's a completely different playing field. Well, it's a it, completely for, different for game. Like
0: like. There's no fighting, roughing, boarding, shit like that. Like it's a little it, less. guys
1: are guys are really just focused on playing. Because You don't want to
0: take a penalty and, and hurt your team, right? Give Putting up a goal. the
1: puck in the net, and playing great defense. You know, I remember there's...
0: the uh, the the joke that was going around after game four. What time is it in Boston? 12 past Luongo. Because they mean, won uh, 8 nothing one game.
1: Fucking Luongo. And that's another thing, too. Like, Luongo complaining to the media. Like, oh, Tim Thomas isn't pumping up my tires. I said really nice things about him. He's not saying nice things about me. He doesn't have to. He's your opponent. Like, I... Really didn't consider the Canucks before this series. You know, they weren't really a team that I, I thought too, too much about. But after this series, oh, my God, I hated the Canucks so much. And all the shirts then, that were
0: two girls, no cup, the yeah, Sabine, Sabine sisters. <laughs> oh
1: sisters. But not only that, like the riots that ensued after in, in Vancouver, Vancouver. when they
0: lost in game seven. Yeah.
1: It was crazy absolutely absolutely ridiculous absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the, absolutely the dictionary according to slashes absolutely uh but yeah it, it was just it, it there was something about it the way that it played out uh for a m- hot minute it looked like that it wasn't gonna happen for them it, it looked like you know they they weren't gonna win but then they did and it was just uh Uh, And and what I've been loving about this year, this season, is it's been 10 years since the Bruins last won the Cup.
0: 50 years since they won their first.
1: And they've been playing a lot of flashbacks and tributes and, you know, uh, interviews and everything, you know. Showing everything that happened, you know, the quest for the cup in 2011, and you know, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And it's just, I, I'm so June 15th,
0: 2011 was game unbelievably seven.
1: Unbelievably ramped up and hyped for this playoff season.
0: We got because you went out and got specific snacks so we could have specific snacks and specific meals for the playoffs this weekend.
1: I oh, oh, for this weekend, yes, yes. Um, so. Yeah, we're gonna make our own pizzas. Uh, I'm a I'm a veggie so you know sometimes ordering a pizza is not always the greatest thing because you know some places have limited toppings. But uh, we are going to do a cheeseburger, quote unquote cheeseburger uh, pizza, and a barbecue chicken because it's not chicken; it's chicken pizza. N, yeah, apostrophe N. So I'm really excited. Um, I think, if I recall correctly, Game 7, we had your brothers over. Yes. uh, For the Stanley Cup Finals. And I made themed snacks. So, like, I made, like, hockey puck cookies and a Bruins guy. Boston cream pie cupcakes Mm
0: -hmm. with, like,
1: you know, bees and stuff on them. Yeah, I'm that girl. (laughs) But, yeah. I'm just I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like, I I can't even. uh, I'm so excited. I can't even. That's it. That's the sentence.
0: All right. (laughs) So for me, this was it took zero seconds to to come up with an answer for the best playoff series I've ever seen. It's a 2004 American League championship series, Yankees and Red Sox. Mm -hmm. The Yankees the year before had beaten the Red Sox They had uh, beat him in extra innings in Game 7. That Brett fucking Boone home run off Tim Wakefield. Um, It killed me. But, uh, you know, then you have 2004. You get a lot of the same team coming back. I mean, Bill Miller won the batting title in 2003, and he was batting ninth. On that 2004 team. That's how fucking good the 2004 team was. Plus that huge trade where we traded Nomar. Like that was unbelievable. Traded Nomar to the Cubs. Could not believe it. Um, That was so huge. It was such a gutsy move by Epstein. Uh, Bringing in Doug Mankiewicz, who is an amazing defensive player. Having uh, Pokey Reese, I remember Pokey Reese hit an inside the park home run because he hit a ball that landed on top of the scoreboard in uh, in in left field where the green monster is. It landed perfectly. It landed on the top of the scoreboard and bounced up in the air, giving him time because he was a speedy dude anyways, giving him time to circle the bases and uh, – and, uh, get an inside the park home run during the season um it was just uh amazing but watching that series the Red Sox were down three nothing in that series and game three they lost 19 to eight and everybody was like it's over except in my house we were like you know what we've been watching this team come back all year you know it it's the- not over it wasn't Nothing over. Nothing is over. It was the, that was the, uh, the idiots, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the bag of, bag of idiots, the bunch of idiots, you know, you had Damon and Kevin Millar and Bill Miller and Mike Timlin and Keith Folk and, you know, Hembry and all these guys that were just, you know, you had Pedro and you had, uh, Uh, Bronson Arroyo.
1: Oh, my God. Was this before or after his album release? Oh, this
0: is they released the album after this because he had been such a major part. And he was he was the lead singer when they did that cover of of Dirty Water, uh, which I fucking loved. And we played it all the time.
1: I remember they had him in studio at WAAF. Rest in peace. uh, Doing like acoustic Oh, it was stuff just, after it was, just, it watching was funny them
0: win that series watching them slowly tie it up now my dad is like the biggest red sox fan ever and he was scheduled to leave for texas uh for like two weeks of work that night the night of game seven so we watched game seven but we didn't get to see My dad didn't get to watch the World Series with us because he was in fucking Texas. So this was a little bit more because as far as I was concerned, once they beat the Yankees, they weren't going to lose. You come back, you're the first team in the history of baseball, which started just after the Civil War. You're the first team to ever come back 4-0 or or down 3-0 and win four straight. It they there was no chance they were losing to the Cardinals, mm-hmm. no chance. Mm-mm. There was no way they were going to lose. No,
1: the momentum that they gained in that series—they won eight
0: straight games,
1: carried them through the remainder of the, of the I playoffs. I still I had
0: a little a keychain, and it played two sounds. One was Pokey Reese throwing out—I forget who it was—in the Yankees game.
1: <laughs> Pokey,
0: <laughs> and the second one was Edgar Renteria, the little tapper back to the mound of Keith Folk, who underhanded to Doug Mankiewicz for the fucking win. And, you know, there were times... Because this, this team had a lot of special players on it. So this was... um, I think Pedroia played a little bit that year, but he, he played a lot the next year. He got MVP in... Uh, I'm sorry, no, he didn't play in 04. That was... Jacoby Ellsbury, who oh replaced God. Coco Crisp in yep. the outfield because he was so good defensively, uh, it was 0-7, You know because again we they kept a lot of the same Ortiz, Lester, mm-hmm. Pedro, um, all these guys. You know then they had Daisuke and um, oh who was the other the the reliever? Now I can't think of his name. I want to say Junichi T- Tazawa, but I don't think that's that's right. But they had Matsuzaka. Uh, They had all these guys, and, you know, it was a a holdover. You know, Veritech was the team captain, you know, and they hadn't had a captain in years. You know, Yucalus. They had all these guys on the 2007 team that uh, were on the 2004 team, and there was a game, and I remember watching this game and thinking this team is going to win the World Series this year because of this specific thing that happened. They were playing in Fenway. It was a Sunday night game, and they were down 3-0 to the Yankees. Manny Ramirez, Mike Lowell, J.D. Drew, and Jason Veritek. I don't think that's the right order, but all four of them got up and hit back-to-back-to-back-to-back solo fucking home runs to take the lead 4-3. And I was like, this team is special. You hit four consecutive home runs— to take the lead against your arch rival. And it reminded me a lot of the 2004 series. They were down 3-0 and they just chipped away one at a time until they were ahead. So the 2004 ALCS, the greatest playoff series I have ever seen, not only because it was just amazing to watch, not only because it was, you know, they made history, But then they came out and they won the World Series for the first time since nineteen eighteen. It had been eighty six years. All these long suffering Red Sox fans finally, finally were able to see their team. The curse was over. Yeah. The curse of the Bambina was was done. done. You know, Bill Buckner didn't have to you know hide hide his face in public anymore. <laughs> right? the, the the Red Sox had won the World Series, so that to me is the greatest playoff series. No, I I've ever I seen. do
1: remember. I was watching uh, that Game Seven from my dorm room, my freshman year of college, and I could hear. Like, I ended up calling my dad, and I was like, "Dad, did you watch it?" He's like, but you, "Did I watch it? Watch what?" <laughs> yeah, uh, but. The riots that happened on campus after was crazy. Actually, the riots that happened on campus after they won the World Series was fucking ridiculous. They turned over
0: cars. Of course they did. Of course they did. They probably did the same thing in St. Louis.
1: I'm like, that's so stupid. But anyways, uh, yeah, there was a huge, like everyone just kind of uh, after that game seven went to the quad. And, and fun, just kind of started celebrating the
0: quadrangle. And fun fact about uh, Edgar Renteria: he became the first player to make the final out of a World Series and then go play for the team that he that had beaten him the year before. So he made the final out of the World Series and then came and played for the Red Sox the next year. So, I I mean, he was not good. He was not good at all, and they traded him to the Braves, and then he became a fucking all-star again. But, you know, certain guys just cannot handle uh, Boston. But that's a, a discussion for another time. So we want to know, what's your favorite postseason series? And this could be, you know, I know a lot of people around here, the first thing to think, even though it's not a series, a lot of folks out here in the New England area will say the Falcons being up 28-3. to three,
1: I mean that was, uh, and I said th- that this, was a game.
0: I said this after the Rams, after the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, uh, the second time, the thirteen to six. Uh, somebody said, "Oh, what did you think of the game last night?" And I said, "The Patriots now have been, even though I'm not a Patriots fan, I said the Patriots have now been in the best and the worst fucking Super Bowls yep. I have ever watched, because that thirteen to six fucking slog sucked. That was a terrible game." mm Hmm. But that twenty-eight to three—that was unfucking believable. That
1: was exciting. That was really exciting to watch them come back. And even it though was I was unreal. You know, rooting for the other team, uh, it was—it was a—it was, uh, yeah. was you know when your team isn't in the we'll say when your team isn't in the finals, you know you really just hope for a good game. You want something entertaining, especially when it comes to the Super Bowl. You know you just want to be entertained, uh, and that game was definitely entertaining
0: yeah you just got to find you know the storylines that um that really speak to you you know like that's what i do every year the final four teams in the nfl because uh, generally my team the raiders is not is not there same. So I will look for like, okay, you know, who's a guy who hasn't, you know, maybe there's. A, I've gotten a free agent. really
1: good at cheering for different teams when it comes to well, the NFL. It, Like there's
0: a bunch of <laughs> like there's a bunch of storylines in the in the NHL playoffs that we'll get into, but one of them, you know, I can't root against the Bruins, but should they get knocked out, I will root for Toronto solely because a they need a fucking cup, and b. I'd like to see Joe Thornton retire with a goddamn championship. Get his name uh, on the uh, cup. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. The guy's the guy played for 600 years for the for the uh um the Sharks. You know, the Sharks are my Western Conference team because Is they're it the because Sharks. Because they're Sharks. It's because yeah. they're Sharks. Um but still um but yeah, let us know what your your favorite uh series or you know potentially you know find you know maybe super bowl and uh you know let us know at uh I almost said throw it on Thursday cuz I'm looking at the sticker uh the latest sports show at gmail.com and uh yeah we'll be uh we'll be back after uh these important messages
1: Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you It's scary.
0: In a world swarming with boring, predictable awards shows, what will separate from the rest? Rise above and unite the podcasting realm in a testament to the outstanding achievements of the community... The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards. Podcasters, YouTubers, and Twitch streamers, now is your time. Make your voices heard and submit your program by going to amalgamania.com for all the details, submission categories, and guidelines. The Amalgamania Podcasting and Entertainment Awards, the summer's biggest blockbuster event. You don't want to miss it. This is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I'm here to tell you about Slip Sports. All new clients for this online sports book receive $100 in free play just for signing up. From the casual players to the high rollers, everybody can take advantage of this offer and the live betting, online casino, horse racing, and more. Sign up with the Freeman app and send a request to basketballjones at post.com to get started. Tell them the Angry Nerd sent you. Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. At Strongwilled Sports Memorabilia and More, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with a majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son William was diagnosed with a stage four Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag #Strongwilled movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strongwilled Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. are back so we have uh quite a bit of stuff to cover for the uh, nhl so uh slashers you want to just get right back into it
1: so first off the seattle kraken they're officially a team they paid their affiliation dues yep. they are all set and they have signed their first player luke hindman
0: I am not familiar with this player. I know um, he's a former Carolina Hurricane, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, I don't know too too much about him, but that's exciting. It's you know, I I have a feeling, and I've said this before, that this is going to be my West Coast team. Release the Kraken! This is exciting. You know, it's exciting when something that you love uh, grows and flourishes. I'm talking about the sport of hockey. Yeah. You know, uh, do you
0: think that when they when they uh finally paid their affiliation due, they were like, all right, let's get cracking. I'm sure (laughs) someone said that. I
1: really hope somebody said that. um, And I hope that they weren't fired for it. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens postseason as far as the growth of this team. Uh, It'll be another expansion draft just like a couple of years ago with the Golden Knights.
0: And the Bruins have smartly... uh, got a couple of goalies that they signed so that both Swayman and Vladar will not be exposed. So that's the thing we're going to have to talk about when it comes to the expansion draft. Who do you... Who do you keep and who do you expose?
1: Yeah, so th- that's a that's a whole nother conversation for another day. That's post playoff talk because yes. obviously this is going to happen over the summer after the playoffs, after the NHL awards. Um, it's exciting though. it's it's a really exciting thing to to see the NHL grow. Uh, unfortunately, it is the least popular of all the sports.
0: Yeah. And that, Which,
1: I mean, how dare you?
0: And that explains why, you know, you could be a terrible player in the, in, you know, Major League Baseball or the NBA and make just as much as a top end talent. Like in Major League Baseball, you can sign a one year, $30 million prove it deal. Uh, yeah.
1: You don't see that in the NHL.
0: Yeah. I think the highest paid player might, might be Ovechkin or somebody like that who makes like 11, 12 million. I mean,
1: they, the NHL definitely has the I think the most strict calorie, uh, calories, calories, salary, <laughs> <cap>. salary, <laughs> cap. I will say
0: that the uh, uh, to give you an it's idea, sap, the highest paid player on the Bruins is David Krejci at, I think, seven point two five million dollars.
1: Right. It should be Bergeron. You would think that Bergeron... Bergeron's
0: not too far. Bergeron makes like 6-7. I mean, like, he is, he is pretty close. Marshy cozy. makes 6-7. Pasta makes between 6 and 7. But I mean, like... Tuca makes over 7. And then everybody else makes jack shit, so...
1: But here's the thing about NHL players, and I will give Tom Brady all of the credit in the world for this. They will make deals and they will take pay cuts to stay on the team and to have the ability to sign people who are going to better their team and you know obviously Tom Brady pretty much throughout his uh, time with the Patriots was famous for doing that, for taking pay cuts to keep other guys around because he wanted, you know, talent surrounding him. Uh, That wasn't always the case, but still. Uh, So you see a lot of guys in the NHL doing that. Yeah. I mean, willing to not make, you know, to, to take a pay cut, not make as much as their, um, not make their full potential. We'll put it that way. Yeah, like
0: Bergeron's a guy Just... that could have held out and gone for you know, or Marchant or Pasternak could have held out and gone for like you know eight, nine, ten million dollars. That's part of the reason why Krug left, is because he wanted six or six and a half, and the Bruins only wanted to give him like five, and that one and a half million dollars.
1: Apparently, it broke. Was him. A huge, it was a huge deal breaker.
0: Yeah, was a huge deal because in the nhl you don't get you know a guy signing you know you'll get longer contracts and they used to do that like um Ilya kovalchuk signed a 14-year deal you know and and that's how they were able to kind of spread the salary out uh, mm-hmm. over longer periods of time you know and, and a lot of teams took advantage of that i mean ugh. sorry uh yeah, you know, salary cap stuff doesn't doesn't thrill me. Sorry, uh, are you
1: not entertained? Yeah, we've got
0: we've got more entertaining <laughs> we, stuff. Let's let's talk stuff. about so, this.
1: Paul Stasny of the Jets. Stasny. Stasny? Stasny. Stasny. Why is there a T in there?
0: You just don't
1: you just, you don't why is there it. a T in there? You just don't. His dad okay. played in the NHL
0: <laughs> as well. Peter. Uh,
1: Paul Stasny played his 1000th career NHL game. We've seen a lot of those this past season. Do you know,
0: do you know how I know his name is, is pronounced Paul Stasny? Because every time, you know, like when you're watching a game, they're like, oh, Marshan patches to Bergeron but every time he was like Paul Stasny, Paul Stasny, Paul Stasny. Like there's no other fucking Stasny on the team. Hey,
1: I just learned how to pronounce Zabanjad. So Like it took me all season, right, but, uh, but they'll say, I did it.
0: Zabanjad. They won't say Mika Zabanjad like every fucking time. Sometimes they'll like they'll throw in like, "Oh, and and the puck is settled by Patrice Bergeron." Like, they'll do that. But 99% of the time, they'll just say Bergeron. 100% of the time, they would say Paul Stasny every single day. Even in the fucking NHL video games, oh, Doc really? Emmerich <laughs> just goes, Paul Stasny, oh, Paul Stasny, Paul Stasny. Fuck Doc Emmerich. And, like, because I've been playing a lot of NHL 19, and I have to turn the sound down because he only has, like, six phrases that he says. He's like a fucking doll with a string that you pull in his back.
1: Doc Emmerich. It's like, (laughs) oh, God. It's like,
0: (laughs) like, oh, they're off to a commanding lead, and you have to wonder if the other team can come back. It's like, I'm up 27 to nothing in the second period, and the other team has two shots on goal. I'm pretty sure I'm going to cruise to victory here. So Hey.
1: They may come back. You
0: never know what'll happen in the third period. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, no. So, no, don't even get me started on that so, goddamn Emmerich.
1: In other NHL news, the Tampa Bay Lightning made NHL history Monday night by starting an all-black forward line. Daniel Walcott, Matthew Joseph, and Jamel Smith started for the Lightning against the Panthers in their final regular season game. Um... I think that's fantastic. You know, over the past couple of years, the NHL has been pushing their uh, hockey is for everyone narrative. It was announced a couple of days ago that the Bruins have put together like a diversity camp mm-hmm. to kind of encourage kids who maybe, from my understanding, it's to encourage kids who may not have access to hockey to and play that's, hockey and
0: that's one well of the... I mean
1: and here's the thing hockey is a fucking expensive yep. sport to play and you know I'm, I'm going through some of these comments on social media and uh, uh, yeah don't yeah. do that um I don't think people really realize what this is for. And it's because a lot of people don't have access to playing hockey, whether they want to play or not, because it's such an expensive sport to play. You know, I mean, these kids, sure, they can play pond hockey out back or whatever. But in order to have the proper equipment to play, I mean,
0: even, you know, you need to have have skates, you need to have a stick, you need to have a puck it's it's this this debate that's gone on for many, 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 many years about like you know that's part of the reason why hockey is not as uh popular as other sports because it's predominantly white. There are very few uh black players, and there are very few star black players. you know PK Subban comes immediately to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evander Kane was somebody who was really, really good, but he's uh he's hit hard times, like he's filed for bankruptcy I after a- Giindla was great. Jerome McGinley,
1: a future Hall of Famer. I mean, obviously, there's
0: a there's a big push for Willie O'Ree to get uh, the Congressional Gold Medal, Um, but because there are so few uh, black players or so few non-white players, yes, um, it's easier. You know, it's like when you talk about the cost, it's easier for somebody who's growing up in a poor neighborhood, whether you be black or white, like it's like, OK, I need shoulder pads, knee pads, you know, uh, you know, all these different things. I need gloves. I need right. a stick. And I need let's this. Let's not this. even talk or about if you want to be spend, a goalie. I can spend 10 bucks on a basketball. Right. You know, and everyone can use it or I can spend, you know, you know, 10. Uh, 10 bucks on a bat and ball. You I mean, know? and
1: you know, it kind of poses the question, how much potential out there is untapped because of lack of access to equipment and, you know, uh, just, just money. Just, it, I mean, it all comes down to money. Um, so I think that's a great initiative to have. I think that's something uh, well, great that the Bruins
0: are doing. It's not just, you know, if you're a kid growing up in LA, what's easier to play, hockey or basketball because you have to have the equipment then you got to find a place to fucking play
1: Well, i mean and that's the thing too some <laughs> like- of these ranks are clubs you know, you need to be a member of the club. Um, you know, they don't necessarily like they have open skate, but it's not
0: you, for yeah, there's like hockey. It's not 50 for playing people games learning you know? how to skate. You can't run around. And, it's not like the office episode where Michael Scott's you know? running around yeah. fucking <laughs> checking people into the goddamn wall. Like right. that's not what it's like. Yo, so, so you have. To, it's it's expensive and it's inconvenient.
1: So I I anticipate seeing more teams if they haven't already. That's why I never played hockey. This to, I never played hockey because I can't skate. Oh, I could. skate. I played field hockey because I, I can can't. I'm not good on ice. I was ice. good as a kid.
0: I don't know. I haven't skated in probably. 25 years oh my god we should go ice skating we should definitely go ice there's a next and there's winter a rink. well there's no a, there's a, a rink down the street we could go anytime we want oh my god we should go ice skating. well i mean once everything's all set like you're almost a hundred percent in your two weeks i got another week to go uh after being vaccinated, vaccinated for the second time um
1: yeah so uh I think that's fantastic. And I don't know necessarily if Tampa Bay set out to do this, but, you know, they just said that they – I think they did. The players are – they're decent players. They wanted to give them ice time. It just happened to happen the way that it happened. Uh, And I think it's fantastic, and I want to see more diversity on the ice. And I think that if, you know, uh, more teams take the initiative to, you know – get skates and sticks and pucks and equipment to kids who wouldn't necessarily have access to this i think we're going to see a lot more diversity in the next decade or so
0: i hope so um i think that you know it would be especially where you have some you know good players again uh uh mark stone um who led uh I, I believe it was Mark stone of the wild who was leading the um the the whole black lives matter movement during the playoffs last year mm-hmm. uh you know obviously pK suban is a recognizable name and again that guy that's a guy who's making almost ten million dollars a season uh because he's one of the better players in the in the league i mean unfortunately he's languishing in new jersey yes but that's what happens um you know there's uh there's a, a great need for more diversity in hockey and i think we're getting there like we we've seen it happen in baseball baseball 30 years ago was predominantly white and it's you know been greatly diversified with you know the opening up of the the you know the international, uh, you know, the um, international player. The I'm trying to think of the word like where they go and they they um, team like the way the Red Sox got Matsuzaka, where you know teams a bit like you know in Hideki Matsui and Shohei Otani and guys like that. Um, they uh, they're able to you know on the international market. It's like okay, I played for the Nippon Ham Fighters and. Now I'm gonna uh, my contract is up with them. I want to come play, and a bunch of different teams put in bids for these speci- specific players, and then they're able to get these guys. You know, it doesn't always work out like you know with Jose Castillo for the Red Sox. They gave him, I think, six years and seventy-two million dollars, and he was awful. It, but it, the international market is huge. You know, you have, uh, you know, especially with like the World Baseball Classic, these guys get to put on their uh, put their skills on display. So you have guys you know from uh you know the caribbean countries you have guys mm-hmm. from asia you know japan korea china taiwan like all these uh, great players that we normally 20 30 years ago we would never have seen
1: well and so here's uh something interesting several years ago i went to la ramana on a uh, kind of like a rebuilding trip so uh, a hospital in La Romana was just completely devastated by in this in the Dominican massive, Republic yeah in the Dominican Republic uh completely devastated by hurricane and uh the, this whole like part of a village was just completely you know just just demolished and they were in the the process there were groups going over there uh volunteers helping to rebuild this hospital and uh go out into so they're called bates. they are uh Communities where the sugarcane growers live, because that is their uh, most uh, dominant crop, and so I spent some of my time lugging and in, in these these cement tiles. And you know there wasn't any machinery or anything like that. They had very 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 little uh, over there, um, which is crazy because seriously, ten miles away was this high class. You know, resort like you know cost you thousands of dollars to stay all inclusive resort but don't even get me started on that Uh, but these people were you know very poor and they had they were able to rebuild the first floor of the hospital and that was up and running which was important because it was the only hospital in the area for these people so you know lugging these cement tiles that were like 10 pounds a piece you know uh, just, just kind of like creating a human chain of you know so, anyways my the point of my story is going into these bataes a lot of children there, there was a lot of children and a lot of these children were orphans because their parents you know died working the fields or you know what have you and so um I was there with the medical team trying to, you know, uh, kind of supply them with stuff because the hospital had been out of commission for so long, Uh, do what we could, you know, supply them with some basic medicines and stuff, and the kids there... Uh, they heard that we were from Boston and these kids are like, Boston, Boston Red Sox. They knew who the Boston Red Sox were. They Martinez. They're like, oh, Pedro, Pedro Ortiz. Big. They were saying Big Poppy. Yeah. And we were just like, yeah. So they brought out, they had these sticks that they, you know, used and as bats and, you know, um, we actually had brought some wiffle ball stuff with us because we were told that these kids love to play baseball. And that's the thing. Like, these kids, they want to play baseball and they want to get good at it because they think that that's their ticket out of their situation.
0: There was, there was a guy, oh, I wish I could remember his name, he pitched for the Yankees, he ended up playing for the Reds, Jose Contreras. Um, he uh, defected from Cuba. He actually came over on a goddamn, like, you know, homemade raft because he was so good. Like, no, he was smuggled over. That's what it was. He was so good uh, as a pitcher. They smuggled him over, uh, and there was all kinds of um, – I think Yassiel Puig was the same thing. Like, these these guys who are really, really good, you know, uh, a lot of really good Cuban players, they have to get smuggled over or they come over on these, these homemade rafts and, you know, go from Cuba to Florida you know as a lot of you know the refugee Mm -hmm. folks do but you know like you're saying baseball is their ticket out you know cuba the dominican like a a lot of the caribbean places you see this happen and what was crazy
1: is you know nobody had electricity at all except for they had a bar so a lot of these, the, these homes, these huts, they didn't even have indoor plumbing. Uh, I remember one of the women I was with, she had to pee. And, you know, uh, some of them can pick up, like, different nuances and stuff in the English language. Like, they're, they're familiar, you know, they know certain words. So um, <laughs> this uh, elderly woman came up to the woman who had to go to the bathroom And just kind of like tapped her on the shoulder and and gestured her to, you know, like, come with me. And she she went and she came back a few minutes later. And I said, what what happened? She's like, she brought me into her kitchen and gave me a pot to pee in.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: But yet they had a bar with a television. Like, that's how corrupt some of these countries are, these third world countries. Well, I mean, but, anyways, that's how that. these yeah. kids were exposed to baseball. Oh, you know what? I remember now somebody was wearing, because, I mean, it was middle of, you know, uh, it, it's always summer there. Like, the. It's closer you know, to the
0: equator. It's in it, the it's Caribbean. It's hot. It's hot. It's sunny. It's sunny. sunny.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, so obviously, I mean, and we went in the middle of February. So we go from, you know, New England winter to it being like 90 degrees out in the Dominican. Uh, And obviously we were told to be prepared, bring hats and, you know, protective clothing and stuff. So somebody was wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. That's what it was. And the kids went crazy. They, They recognized the bee. And if I remember, if I remember correctly, it was just the B on someone's hat, and they went crazy. Like they're just uh, the traditional Red Sox. The Red hat. Sox logo. And they went crazy. Yeah. So we play, and the, the kids were pretending to be these players. I mean, you do that, that as play. a kid, anyway. I mean, yeah, but it was just. I mean, it was just. When I was, was a
0: kid, it was Griffey.
1: It was mind blowing to me. Jr. That these kids, you know, they they it was something that we bonded over. It's like, oh, you like baseball? Yeah, baseball, Boston Red Sox. You know, like it, it was just it was crazy. So, anyways, it I, I, long transcend story, language I mean, barriers. So that's the thing. You know, uh, long story short, diversity in every sport is so important. Yes. You know, um, not only because we need to see it, but you know, I think of my. My, my,
0: um, well, I don't know what you're looking at. I'm,
1: I'm trying to think of a Your word. Experience? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I'll say experience for lack of a better word. Uh, you know, I think of my experience, you know, uh, with these kids who, you know, uh, didn't really speak any English except for when it came to talking baseball.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's another thing we get to see, um, we've seen in the NBA. The NBA is more, um, the NBA, I think, is is diversifying. That's typically been, you know, for the last, you know, 30, 40 years, uh, you know, typically associated with uh, black folks, you know. It used
1: to be white Jewish men.
0: Yeah, there was a time. uh, Once upon a time. I I did this, uh, I learned this in my sociology class in college, that there was a time that uh, people were saying, you know, talking about sports and talking about basketball in particular, well, you know, Jewish guys are just, you know, predisposed to be better athletes and, you know, play basketball better than anyone else. That was, you know, in the, the early years of the uh, when basketball had first, you know, started to gain traction in the, in the United States. But now we're seeing a lot of uh, Eastern European uh, mm-hmm. folks come over. Dirk Nowitzki, Luka Doncic. Uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, even, you know, um, Tim Duncan was, you know, from the U.S. Virgin Islands, Uh, you know, Manu Ginobili, a lot of the um, and um, he was Argentinian, I believe. Tony Parker was from France. Like we're getting a lot of uh, European folks coming over to the league. Uh, The NBA is very, very big in China as well. You know, as you know, Yao Ming proved to us um you know so we're, we're getting to see a little bit more diversity um as these sports are really reaching um internationally and, and globally they're they're getting more traction across the world uh even the nfl you know you're you're seeing games played in london uh in mexico in canada um, it's it's been it's been pretty nice to see how these leagues have kind of expanded. I know most of it just has to do with revenue and, and you know taking in more and more money but when you get to you know see players especially with like a lot of these international tournaments that aren't just the Olympics you know the you know the the world Junior hockey championships that the United States just beat uh, Canada mm-hmm. um, not super recently but within the last year or so. Um, you have, you know, the, the world baseball classic, you know, instead of just having the Olympics, you have this world baseball classic. That's kind of like a tune up for the Olympics where you see a lot of major league players and future major league players, guys coming in from other countries. You know, guys uh, who are able to represent other countries. It's like you know, you you have the Cuban teams and the Dominican teams. You know, you have David Ortiz and Pedro Martinez playing for the Dominican team. You know, it's it's really cool to see all this. You know, the Korean team, the the uh, the Japanese teams. You know, all these these bigger markets where baseball is so huge, and you know, you get to see these guys uh, flourish and. You know get this opportunity it's like yeah we maybe we're playing in a you know in the dominican or we're playing in you know venezuela we're playing in uh argentina you know or wherever we happen to be playing because or mexico because of you know whatever uh international you know whoever's turn it is to host the tournament mm-hmm. you know um be it base be it uh the olympics or the world baseball classic or you know um the uh, the World Cup of Basketball, you know, stuff like that, you get to see a lot of these guys um, on display. Like, there's a lot of Croatian uh, guys. And I think with the NHL, though, the NHL is more popular in countries that are predominantly white, like Eastern European teams, especially in Scandinavia, you know, Finland, Norway, Sweden, Ooh, Canada, Czechoslovakia. I'm talking, you know, non-North American. Okay. Obviously Canada, United States, but, you know... You know, colder weather countries. Uh, you know, again, like I said, you know, Scandinavia, you know, I think Russia, again, is is a huge exporter of of NHL talent. And if you're not playing in the NHL, you're playing in the KHL. I mean, look at, you know, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Jaromir Jagr at 49 playing for a Czech team that he owns.
1: Here's a stick, here's a buck, put it in goal.
0: Yeah, like he just. There's a lot of really awesome. You, baby,
1: here's stick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of really awesome um, international competition that is really like opening up people's eyes. And I think we saw this. uh, I know we're talking NHL, but, you know, we got off topic a little bit. But for several years or several uh, runs in the Olympics, the United States basketball team, which had never lost a game, suddenly losing. And not making the medal rounds in you know the in basketball, which we had dominated for so long, because the all these other countries are suddenly like, like Luke, again, Luka Doncic, you know Dirk Nowitzki, the Gasol brothers playing for Spain, you know all of a sudden it's not this easy cakewalk that we can just you know mow through everybody. Like there's legit NBA talent. Greece is another uh, example of like they have higher end. Uh, talent new zealand australia there's a lot of really good players all over the world and we're getting to see them on display so uh yeah so long story short tampa bay lightning good job on you well
1: another thing i kind of wanted to add to your little rant is the fact that women's sports are not as popular Especially in the U.S. as men's sports, and I really long for the day that we see professional intramural sports. I think that would be fantastic. I think it can be done in every sport because let's face it, uh, some of these women, who athletes, yeah, fucking athletes. Watch
0: the end. Watch the WNBA. Watch the the the. Watch NHL. the NHL.
1: Gold medal winning women's hockey team like i mean it's it's crazy uh but yeah i i think this is fantastic like i said you know uh, i love diversity i love seeing uh, i love rooting for the underdog too i think that's a great story to root for but yeah i would absolutely love love to see some professional intramural sports in the future
0: yeah it would be great so, so yeah
1: Anyways, Mark getting Andre back Fleury. to uh, <laughs> yeah, getting back to the NHL. So Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leiner of the Golden Knights combined to win the William M. Jennings Trophy. Now that trophy is given to the goaltender or goaltenders. No, it's
0: goaltenders. It's goaltender tandem.
1: Okay, well, because so it's, it's not the it's not so, the ve-
0: the Vesna is given to individuals.
1: Right, but sometimes, like in the past, it's only been given to one. Sometimes it's awarded to one, sometimes it's awarded to the two. Right, but generally now it's. Yeah, generally it's the now tandem. it's awarded to it's the, the two. But, anyways, uh, given to the goaltender or goaltenders, having played a minimum of 25 games for the team with the fewest goals scored against, won most recently last year by Tuka Rask and. Yuroslav Halak. Yes. So, um, congrats to Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leiner. Uh, Fleury is a great Lenner. goalie. Leiner.
0: Leiner was Leiner. Robin Leiner. No, it's. Lenner. I'm just doing
1: a really good job well, today. Well, we were
0: also drinking very strong drinks that you made with raspberry berets.
1: <laughs> not, uh they don't even get. No, that's a, that's a tangent for another Ugh. day. Do not get me started on the fact that you had never heard. Raspberry Beret by Prince. I
0: was completely unfamiliar with it.
1: So, long story short, I created these drinks made with raspberry ginger ale, raspberry liqueur, and rosé gin. And I'm calling them She Drank a Raspberry Rosé Teenie. And I was singing it, and he had no fucking clue what I was talking nope. about. And I was Not like, Are, do, I be, I, do, uh, were you alive in the
0: 80s? I'm pretty like, sure I was. But the drink is really good. I've had two of them, and that's contributed to my long rant. <laughs> so uh, we saw last night, because this is kind of like breaking, well, not breaking news, but last night uh, Colorado won the President's Trophy, even though it confused the living shit yeah, so out of me.
1: Typically, uh, the President's Trophy is awarded to the team that finishes with the most points.
0: So. Well, it's always given to the team with the most points. The Bruins won it last year.
1: yes. And, and again, don't even get me started because the momentum that the Bruins were on last year, and we'll go into this a little bit when we talk about our playoff talk. Oh, yeah. What's Bruin? Um, you know, if the if COVID hadn't happened, if the break between regular season getting cut short and playoffs actually happening, if that hadn't happened, The Bruins would have been the Stanley Cup champions last year. I don't
0: know. I don't know about that because they still didn't match up well with... uh, with,
1: I said what I said.
0: That's fine. And I don't know about it because I don't... They didn't match up well with Tampa. Tampa had shellacked them quite a few times. The only thing I know for sure is that... David Pasternak would have had 50 goals because he had 49. He was tied mm-hmm. with Ovechkin, and that's what we would have been watching. We would have been watching Ovechkin and and uh, Pasternak go back and forth to see who was going to score the most goals, and you know it could it would have been a toss up. They might have ended up tied anyways, but still uh, they both tied for the Maurice Richard uh, Maurice Rocket Richard uh, trophy last year for the player who scores the most goals. However. The thing that confused me is that both Colorado and Vegas tied with 82 points in 56 games.
1: To my knowledge, the President's Trophy, if it comes down to a tie, it's given to the team with the better track record.
0: It's given to the team with uh, the most regulation wins. And Colorado had more regulation wins. But if you matched regulation and overtime wins, which is not what they do, um, the Vegas Knights had uh, 40, 40 wins to Colorado's 39. So right there, like so, they had the same amount of points, but Vegas had more wins. But... They didn't have as many regulation wins. It was really weird. It went into a bunch of weird, like, tiebreakers. Like, we've seen this happen in the NFL and, uh, you know, sometimes high school sports where everything is tied and it comes down to a goddamn coin flip. Like, that's happened before. So, whatever. Colorado wins the President's Trophy, even though they have the exact same amount of points. I think you should, if you, I mean, you don't go with, you know,. uh, like we were just saying about, you know, uh, the Maurice Richard trophy, you know, you had uh, Pasternak and, and uh, Ovechkin tied with 49 goals. You don't go like, well, who had more five on five goals? Who had more power play goals? Who had more empty net? But you don't do that. You're just like, hey, you guys tied. You both get a trophy. Hooray for everything. You
1: get a trophy and you get a trophy. But, um, but. But I mean, like, here's the thing, though. Typically, the team that wins the president's trophy does not go on to win the Stanley Cup.
0: And that's kind of uh, that's we're going to touch on that in a moment because we have our playoff predictions. And if you go to the Loudest Sports Show Facebook group, we have set up. A uh, an online bracket challenge for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you have until I believe I'm going to touch screen the the, I have I set up a second monitor, and I was going to touch screen the monitor that is not touch screen, but I believe you have until tomorrow evening to get your picks in. Yes, because the
1: first games are tomorrow night.
0: The first game is the Capitals Bruins, so Bruins at Capitals game one. Um. So we're actually uh, uh, slashes and I are going to go through our picks right now. So the first one is in the Scotia North division, and so the first
1: wait, hold up, hold up. What did you name your bracket?
0: Oh, it's the Angry Nerd bracket. What did you pick?
1: The Future Mrs. Bergeron bracket.
0: Of course you did. <laughs> so the first the first pick you go start with Scotia North, North because that's on the top left. Uh, The first one, we have Toronto and Montreal. So
1: this is the first time in 42 years that these two teams are meeting up in the playoffs.
0: Which is insane. Um, But generally, they're both in the same division. So they generally don't meet up especially because the bruins usually knock knock the leafs out uh, game
1: game if if it comes down to the leafs and the bruins at any point in this upcoming playoffs I give it the, to bruins the bruins are going to knock them out in game 7 the bruins are famous for knocking maple uh, toronto. toronto out i was going to say maple leafs and toronto uh, that's not it toronto uh, taple <laughs> leafs the toronto maple leafs out in Absolutely. game 7 like uh the Maple Leafs do not survive Game Sevens with the Boston Bruins.
0: There is a there's a don't. meme that went around after the 2013 uh, Game Seven. It's like, oh, try the Maple Leafs bra. Lots of support, but no cup. Yes. <laughs> so Toronto is the number one seed. The Leafs are seven two and one against the Canadians. I am picking Toronto, picking Toronto to Toronto. win that series in five games because I think Carey Price will steal one for the Canadians.
1: Um...
0: Listen, neither one of these teams is, is any good so because that whole division I, is terrible.
1: I don't... I don't think it's going to go seven games.
0: I think it goes five. You have to pick what, you, how many we, games. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Number of games. I oh. picked Toronto in five.
1: Um... I'm thinking six. I don't think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. I oh, think that Mon- I think sweep. I think Montreal is going to get a couple of jabs in there. I think they are going to win a couple of games. They haven't been terrible.
0: Montreal is so overwhelmed because Marner and Matthews are just so good. Part of the reason why they're so good is because that Scotia North Division has been. The teams in that division are not very good. None of those teams were really that great last year. None of them really improved all that much. and A couple of them have some studs on their team. Right. You have stud uh, offense, but if you're, play, you're not playing against a top 10 defense, n- there is no top 10 defenseman in that division.
1: I don't think that a Canadian team is going to get past... The um, the I'm East not Division. Even, uh, uh, yes.
0: Whoever, because whoever comes out of the North plays the East, and whoever comes out of the West plays the Central. That's the way they have it. So whoever plays comes out of the North oh. plays the East, oh. and there is no team in the North: Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, or Winnipeg. Yeah, none of them will be Pittsburgh, be the, the Islanders, the Capitals, or the Bruins. No, none of them. They have zero shot. No, so the only team that might have a chance is Montreal if Carey Price goes on a historic fucking run and turns into t- twenty eleven Tim Thomas, but I don't see that happening.
1: I I don't see that happening either.
0: So I have Toronto in five because I think Carey Price will get one game. There might be one game see- where Marner and and Matthews don't click a hundred percent. Um,
1: I think Montreal is going to get a couple of jabs in. I think Carey Price is going to be hot for a couple of games, uh, and it's 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 his defense, his that's going to save them. No, uh, it's not their offense. It's not their defense. It's going to be Carey Price. But I, I think it's Toronto in six.
0: He's gonna he's gonna have I think one game. I mean, it's, this is all speculation, but I think he's gonna have one game. Because they don't have, you know, Shea Weber is the only defenseman that they have, and he is not the same guy he was five years ago when he was playing for the Wild, when he was playing for uh, Nashville, uh, because when they they traded him straight up for P.K. Subban, Um, he's not the same guy he was. He's still a presence on the ice, but he has regressed the way Chara has regressed, although he Mm. regressed a lot faster uh, the next matchup the number 2 and number 3 uh seeds Edmonton and Winnipeg. Now, Connor Hellebuck is a great goalie and he's excellent in the playoffs, but I don't think he's going to withstand uh Seidel and Oh, and uh uh McDavid.
1: No, absolutely not. I'm giving not. Edmonton in 5. So the Oilers are currently seven and two against the Jets. So I don't think there's any doubt that the Jets are going to make this out alive. The
0: seven two and one.
1: And uh, no, no, so I'm yeah. Sorry,
0: the uh, Oilers Jets are seven and two. I uh. I give them one game because again, Connor Hellebuck can steal a game from them.
1: I I think uh, Edmonton's going to sweep.
0: Okay. So next next up. Moving over to the East Division, we have Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Now, in that matchup, the uh, Penguins are 6-2 and two against the Islanders this season. Um, however, I like the Islanders in this series in seven games.
1: I... I f- f- uh. No, see, I think I gotta disagree with you. I think it's gonna be Penguins and Six.
0: That's fine. We're filling out our brackets. We're filling out our brackets. You know, figuring out.
1: Obviously, the next matchup is Washington Bruins and
0: Bruins are uh, four two and two.
1: Yeah. So, um,
0: and one of those losses was was basically to the Providence Bruins. Providence Bruins and the Providence Bruins almost won. Took them to the limit, but. The Capitals, I would not put anything past Tom Wilson. Uh, I think this game, this series is going to go seven. seven. Yeah, I picked, no, 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 no. Boston and seven. Boston and seven, not Washington. Yeah,
1: Uh, this is going to be a tight series, but there is no doubt in my mind that the Bruins will prevail.
0: I think the, the Bruins are a better team. They have more scoring depth. Uh, you have a rookie goalie, which doesn't mean jack shit, because Jordan Bennington was a rookie when he led the Blues yep. on that historic run. They were last yep. place in January, and they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, I also think, and I, I was listening to Mike Felgert on the 98.5, the Sports Hub, the other day, and he made a great point. When you, because uh, he was in the building for game seven against the Blues, and when that first goal goes in, you can feel the energy come out of the out of the building and out of the crowd when you, and there's a a different expectation when you're home, as opposed to when you're away. Um, I think that if the Bruins, you know, falter a little bit, I still think they can, uh, they can come back, but I'm going to go Boston in seven, just as you did. Now let's move over to the Honda West. So there's a Scotia North, the Mass Mutual East, and now we're on the Honda West Division. And I remember we we talked a lot about these uh, sponsorships. So we have the number one Colorado Avalanche against the Blues. In the Avalanche are five and three. I think the Avalanche take this in four games.
1: You think they're going to sweep? The nah, Blues are not I, I think good. It's a... The
0: Blues are not good. They lost Petrangelo. They traded Petrangelo for Krug, and their defense has suffered as a result. They are not the same team. Um, I, I think Colorado and four. They have Colorado has too much firepower, and Philip Grubauer is playing too well. Uh, I think Colorado sweeps this.
1: I think that the Blues are going to be able to pull out one. I think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. I think that the the Blues are going to be able to—it's going to be a home game for them. They're going to be able to muster up enough confidence and ice—you know, uh, enough play time to get the job done for one game.
0: Okay. I mean, that's that's your choice, you know— You know, again, I don't think I think Colorado is too much of a powerhouse. They've won six, seven in a row. They're they're just going to cruise through this first round.
1: So this next matchup has me a little verklempt. Um, I'm, I'm plotting a little bit trying to decide between the two of them. So it's the Golden Knights versus the Wild. Now, the Knights are three, four, one against the Wild. So they you know have a losing record against them. I mean, but Vegas is good.
0: I got Vegas in six.
1: Vegas is good, but, like, the the Wild, I mean, ah. I have been really impressed with the Minnesota Wild this season.
0: Do you know why I have Vegas in six? Because they want to be the ones to knock off. Um, they want to be the ones to knock Colorado off, and I think they're the only ones who have a chance to do it. They're, you know, you have – a solid goaltending tandem you still have riley smith marcia so, uh you know max Pacioretty. you have a strong defensive core vegas is a team that is built you know from the first line through the fourth line like they're a strong team i think they have more depth than most teams in the league
1: uh, yeah but here's the thing i think minnesota wants it
0: Minnesota I, I can want it all they want, I but they don't th- have yeah, the Yeah, but horses. you know what?
1: Here's the thing: drive can do so. I mean, dr- ambition and drive can make magic happen. We've seen it.
0: I mean, that's we've what you seen wanted. it numerous
1: times. I think the uh, I think the Wild they're going to take it in seven.
0: Um, I mean, if that's what you think, that's then put that in your uh, in your thing. I did, but. I am, I am picking Vegas in f- six. All right, so now let's move over to the Discover Central Division. We have Carolina in Nashville, uh, Carolina in four. Like, that's not even – Nashville's not a good team this year. I think they're lucky to be in the playoffs uh, because the rest of that division was trash. So, uh, Carolina in four. Uh, Carolina's been a very strong team. They were able to hold off both – Florida and Tampa to win that division. Yeah. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to sweep the Predators. But I mean, like, here's the thing. Kudos to the Predators for getting in.
0: Now, there, here's the next one that's crazy. You have Florida against... Uh, so, just to give you the uh, the Panthers are 5-2. I'm sorry. Hurricanes are 6-2 two and 2 against the Predators. Um, I... I, I I can't see them losing. Now, Panthers-Lightning is a big one. I have the Panthers in seven because I think the Panthers are the better team. The Lightning have gotten Nikita Kucherov back for the playoffs, but he has not played all year. This is a guy who's two years removed from winning MVP in the same season that they got trounced in the first round of the playoffs and swept.
1: Yeah, see, I think it's going to be Florida in six.
0: See, I, I think... I don't necessarily have a very strong power play and I'm sorry. The, uh, they have a strong offense, you know, with all the guys that they have. Florida really only has Alexander Barkov, who I really hope the Bruins trade for because he could be the heir to Patrice Bergeron because he's a very similar player. Um, but Barkov will just, and it has, as he has all year, Put this team on his back and carry them. He's not an exceptionally skilled player. Again, he reminds me a lot of Patrice Bergeron. But I will go... uh, I will take the Panthers against the Lightning. And I will take them in seven games. Because the Lightning are the defending champs. So you have to give them their their due. Mm -hmm. Um, They are a top flight... Offensive team. Well, I mean, that's they why I think they're going to go six. Vasilevsky but is I, I an excellent goalie.
1: I I don't know. I think florida's just going to inch in front of them a little bit. I think they're going to be able to get it done in six.
0: Um, I mean, that's again, that's your that's your pick. I mean. I mean,
1: I love how condescending you sound when you're like, Well, that's your pick. Well, no, I
0: mean, that's what you think. I think something differently, but we both have, you know, our our rationalization. That's your
1: pick, which is wrong, by the way. But anyway, that's your rat.
0: You have your rationalization. (laughs) I have my rationalization. I'm sure there are people out there that'll say, like, you know, I think it'll take seven games because, you know, there's not much behind Barkov, you know, and he's going to have to bring his A game every single step of the way. So now. Let's go up to the uh, divisional finals.
1: Okay, so for we, I think we both have the same Toronto, Toronto versus Edmonton. Edmonton. I, I have Edmonton. Edmonton.
0: <laughs> yep, I have Edmonton. I have uh, Boston defeating the Rangers. I'm filling out my bracket as we speak, so you can same. go. You can go to the loudest sports show. Uh, we've marked it as an announcement. You can uh, go to one of the top posts. You can uh, fill out your own bracket. Several people already have. Yeah, you so can fill I have out your um, own bracket. Hold on, let me just uh, okay. Uh, uh, sign up on NHL.com, and you can uh, you can uh, you know you, once you sign up, you can use our code Throwdown to get into uh, our bracket for our you know private league, and. Fill out your bracket and see how how you do. And remember, whoever wins
1: is gonna get some stuff.
0: You're gonna get a signed Bruins jersey. It's exciting. A signed Bruins jersey to whoever wins.
1: And second place
0: Second place gets a signed puck.
1: Is a puck. What so, the puck?
0: So you'll you'll get uh <laughs> you'll you'll get a prize, you know, for the top two spots. So and if you're not a Bruins fan, we can uh, you know whatever team you are, we'll we'll get you. We'll we'll, we'll make we'll make
1: some magic happen. Yeah. But um yeah, so the the East Division, I have Boston over the Penguins. I I uh, fuck Sidney Crosby.
0: Crosby and Malkin have played together for forever. You know, and, but I mean,
1: like, and here's the thing: like the Penguins are good, but I think that especially the Bruins that we've seen.
0: I don't have any faith in their goalie.
1: The Bruins Not yet. The Bruins that we've seen since the trade deadline has given me all of the confidence in the world. You know, they had a couple of hiccups, but I think that they're really getting their shit together to go into the playoffs, and I I think they're going to make magic happen.
0: All right, so uh, in the West Division, let's go to the Honda West. I have Colorado and Vegas. I think you do as well. No, I have Colorado in the wild. Uh, I I
1: have Colorado winning.
0: I have Vegas winning.
1: No, I think the Avalanche are going to take it.
0: Vegas has the better depth and better goaltending, so I'm going to go with Vegas. Uh, Carolina and Florida. Barkov can win one series for you, but Carolina is going to take it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Carolina.
0: Carolina Edmonton and Vegas Boston I have Boston so I have Boston beating Vegas. What is going on uh, this is weird. I'm trying to figure out the uh the uh it's still not letting me pick. All right, so I have Edmonton beating Carolina. I have Boston beating Vegas. And I have Boston winning it all. Uh, I know maybe I'm a honk, but I think Edmonton can outplay Carolina. And it would be nice to see a Canadian team in the finals, in the Stanley Cup final. But (sighs) I just... I can't. Edmonton doesn't have the goaltending or the depth. They so th-
1: wait. So do you? Who do you have in the finals?
0: I have Boston and Ed- and Edmonton in the finals.
1: Okay. See, I have Colorado versus Boston in the finals. That's fine. And I think Boston's going to beat Colorado.
0: All right. So, I have
1: tiebreaker. Enter the number of uh enter the total number of goals scored in the Stanley Cup final series all games.
0: I have 32.
1: Oh my goodness. Um Hold on, let me let me consult my psychic connections. So, this is just the Stanley Cup final series.
0: Yeah, just the last 26. series. You have 26. Because I think it could go, if it goes seven games, you average, you know, five goals a game. You know, if it's three to one, two to one, four to one. Well, Sammy, I mean, we have two, two, two different
1: te- Like, uh, you have Boston versus Edmonton. Yeah. I have Boston versus Colorado. I think that not many goals are going to be scored in those games.
0: See, I disagree.
1: I think you're going to be winning two to one.
0: Even if you win two to one. And it's seven games. That's if you win two to one or three to two, seven games, two to one every game is 21 goals. Right. And I think there's going to be more than two goals because you have some high, high powered offense. I mean, Conor I mean, McDavid hey, has a hundred, has over hundred fucking points.
1: NHL dot com says, "Congratulations, great picks! Looks like you created an awesome bracket." Mine said the Thanks exact to NHL. same NHL.com. thing. Thanks, NHL You mine, have more faith in me than my husband. Mine
0: said the exact same thing. They they always say that.
1: Well, sh- shush.
0: So let's go Does to the sh- league. Sh- let's go to our league. The loudest sports show. We have seven teams on here, so we have the Angry Nerd bracket, we have Bruins All Day, Cranky's picks, MJ's perfect bracket, and the future Mrs. Bergeron. So, um, again, go to the loudest sports yeah. show and check out our bracket and our our post and jump on in. You only have till Saturday uh, Saturday evening before the uh, Bruins game yeah, starts.
1: Seven fourteen. P.M. Eastern Time.
0: So, uh, give it a shot. All right, so that's hockey. We've spent 45, uh, actually, uh, close to an hour just on this hockey stuff. So, You're let's welcome. move on to uh, Major League Baseball. So, we're hearing a lot about how great Mike Trout is and how he's playing at an MVP level, and he is playing really well. His batting average is... Oh, is,
1: is he actually playing at an MVP level this year?
0: Well, he always plays at an MVP level. The problem is... His team is currently 16 and 20. And once again, as I've always said, you cannot be the most valuable player if your team is trash. You can't. That's just the way it is. I don't care if you put up record, I don't care if you hit 600 with 90 home runs and 400 RBIs and 300 stolen bases. So if your team can't make the fucking playoffs, how valuable were you to your team?
1: So my question is if he's so good, why doesn't he get traded?
0: because they won't trade him he's he's arguably the best player in baseball it's between him Bryce Harper Mookie Betts and Fernando Tatís Mookie like he's he's literally he's a generational talent but he's not an MVP because by definition the most valuable player is the guy that if you were to take him off that team, your team is trash. If your team is trashed with him, how fucking valuable can he be?
1: So, my yeah, but I don't understand why he doesn't get traded. Like, why doesn't he ask for, you know, some sort of
0: movement? Like, why because doesn't he go someplace else? Because he's making $40 million oh, a okay. year. Oh, okay, so he's
1: one of those, he values the money over the game. Oh, yeah,
0: he signed the, okay. the biggest contract Well, then He of deserves to be there. Right. They've made the playoffs. That's a
1: fucking waste of talent.
0: They've made the playoffs. In his entire career, he's made the playoffs once, and they got swept. So he's never won a playoff game. They generally finish in fourth or fifth place, usually 20 to 30 games out of first place. They are fucking terrible. Nothing that they do. Nothing that the Angels do. Even with Shohei Otani, who is pitching like a goddamn machine and then goes and plays the outfield, sometimes in the same fucking game. Like, Otani is like, I would put Otani ahead of Mike Trout as far as who's more valuable because Trout just plays the outfield and hits. Otani hits, plays the outfield, plays some solid defense. And pitches and wins games. Trout, fuck him. Like, I've been saying this for years, and I wrote a whole article about it. How is Trout more valuable? And this happened in uh, the year the year Mookie won uh, MVP. The year before, it was between Mookie and Mike Trout, and Trout won. And somehow, even though the Red Sox won 108 games that year, Mike Trout was the MVP His team finished, like, 20 games out of first place. They finished uh, multiple—I forget how far out of fucking uh, under 500. Mookie won the goddamn World Series, but somehow Mike Trout is more valuable. So
1: how does MVP voting happen in baseball?
0: Oh, this is how they do it. They look at one fucking stat. Wins above replacement player. They look at the war stat. Wins above replacement player. Mike Trout has a really good wins above replacement player. And so they just give him the MVP every year. And it's like, or he's in the top three every single year. So my question is, if you took him off the Angels, how good would would the Angels be? Like, because they suck with him, they finish under 500 every year. And he's supposed to be the most valuable. If you took like uh, one year, he he got it over Alex Bregman uh, of the Astros. I mean, that happened to be the year that they were cheating, but still, Bregman. Uh, if you took Bregman off the team, he accounted for I forget how many wins, but they won 107 games that year. They were 107 and 55. The Angels, I think, were 77 and. Uh, 89, so they finished 12 games under 500 The Astros won the World Series. The Angels were watching the playoffs as they do every fucking year. But somehow Mike Trout is more valuable than Alex Bregman, even though they put up similar numbers. Ever since 2003, when Alex Rodriguez got MVP over David Ortiz – for a team that finished in last fucking place in the Texas Rangers it has nothing to do with how valuable you are it has everything to do with what numbers you put up so if again and i've said this across every fucking sport and only hockey and football take this into account there's mvp and then there's offensive player so you could have you could be the mvp in hockey but you're not the Maurice Richard Uh, leading goal scorer or the Art Ross leading point getter. I mean, you could be both, but most of the time, you're not. So Major League Baseball should do the same thing. Make a separate best offensive player award as opposed to calling somebody who's on a shitty fucking team every year of his career the most valuable player. So, the Red Sox are 22 and 16. They're ranked number two in ESPN's power rankings behind only the 21 and 13 White Sox, but they still need a lot of bullpen help. This is true. Uh, let's move on to the NBA. There's a lot of stuff in the NBA. We have breaking news. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Orlando Magic to clinch the number one seed in the West just a short while ago, because we are recording this. It's uh, almost midnight, But so a, a couple hours ago, the... Uh, Philadelphia beat Orlando, which means the best that uh, the best that the uh, New Jersey Nets, who everybody anointed as the champions before the season even started, even though like n- they haven't played with all three of their guys at any point of the se- fucking season, except maybe for like twelve minutes here or there, uh, the best they can do is number two. And I don't even think that they're going to make that because I think Milwaukee is going to beat them. But who knows? However, the NBA has announced has announced a new award, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award. Um, the NBA did a lot, especially last year in the bubble, to bring awareness to mm-hmm. social justice. Uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, both the NHL and the NBA did a lot last year. And they do it in a genuine fashion as opposed to the NFL who just say words but then do nothing to back them up. The NBA actually does. I mean, we saw Jalen Brown of the Celtics marching in Boston with, you know, other Black Lives Matter protesters.
1: I mean, you know, to bring up the NHL— both patrice bergeron and zidane Chara, zidane Chara, who still isn't you know he's not a boston bruin anymore but he still i believe still resides in boston still considers boston his home was marching in parades in boston
0: yeah because they believe in actual or is it because change? they
1: put their money where their mouth is
0: yeah so uh, the playoffs are almost set. The Celtics have locked in a spot in the play-in round, as have the defending champion Lakers. Um, it didn't look like they
1: were going to.
0: No, it, it, it. they were They were on the outside looking in, really. Like, both the Lakers and the Celtics. The Celtics have underperformed uh, drastically. Put it this way, the Knicks have an actual playoff spot, but the fucking Celtics... With Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and uh, Kemba Walker, and everybody's favorite mercurial uh, uh, and and polarizing player in the city, Marcus Smart uh, finished around 500. So, fuck them. I don't. You know what? I don't know what's going on with these guys. Um, a lot of people are looking at them and looking at their body language and the way they play the game, like. They've already arrived, like they've already won two or three championships, and that's how they carry themselves and play the games. It's like, no, you guys haven't done a fucking thing. Yeah, last year you were in the conference final, and you got trounced by Miami, a team you should have fucking beat. So maybe it's time to get rid of Brad Stevens and bring in somebody who played in the league to... Really, like, I would love to see the Celtics hire Tim Duncan as their coach because he did coach for a bit with uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see him come in and re- really get into the faces of Jalen Brown. And I think it's more Jason Tatum than Jalen Brown, but get into J- Jason Tatum's face and be like, what have you fucking done? What have you done in this league to. Justify the attitude and the way you carry yourself. Like, you're a superstar and you've done everything. Like, you haven't won an MVP. You haven't won a finals. Like, you have zero championships. What have you done? I've got five rings and I had to beat Kobe on my way. I had to beat Kobe and fucking Shaq on Mm. my way to doing it. But I have five rings. I beat LeBron. I've got five fucking rings. I'm the greatest power forward of all time.
1: I mean, so here's the thing like, when lineup changes don't make an improvement, when bringing new guys in doesn't make an improvement, the next step is coaching.
0: Well, it's not in the NBA, you're as a coach, you have a shelf life. When you first come in, I mean, Brad Stevens was a great coach when he had no superstars. He took a team of fucking nobodies so, to the Eastern Conference so Championship. So do you
1: think that he doesn't have the the to... It's not that
0: he doesn't have the chutzpah. I mean, he doesn't. But he doesn't have the cachet. He doesn't have the resume. He's not a. Pl- he was never a player in this league. He was never a successful player in this league. Even... And it, it takes... It because, depends on the player. Like, Steve Nash is a two-time fucking MVP. Because, I mean, like,
1: the the egos of the NBA players are...
0: That's, that's what I'm saying.
1: Unlike any other.
0: The the St- Steve Nash coaches the Nets, and he is a two-time MVP, but you have a guy like Kyrie Irving who's like, we don't even need a coach. I could coach. I'm an artist. Just sit back and look at my art because I don't fucking speak to athlete. pawns.
1: Yeah, so... What I'm trying to say is, I don't think Brad Stevens has has it to deal with these guys with these egos.
0: No, he's very a, oh, uh, shucks, gee whiz type of guy. He's not going to, he's not a Greg Popovich who's going to like blow his top and really get into the faces of his star players uh, because he doesn't have that cachet. He doesn't have that swag. I mean, there are certain guys like Eric Spolstra who doesn't really have that either, but he has a bit of cachet because he won a couple of championships. Granted, with LeBron and Dwayne Wade, but mm. he still won championships, and he's able to get out a lot of from his team, but I think that also has to do a lot with who the leader of his team is, and that's Jimmy Butler. Um, there's no leader On the Celtics, there's no guy that you point to and say, that's the guy who when push comes to shove, he's going to put this team on his back and he's going to make everybody better because that is who he is. That is his personality. They don't have that guy. So they need to bring in a coach. The only time Tatum has responded all year is when Kendrick Perkins tweeted about him. When Kendrick Perkins tweeted about him, then he came out and had one of his best games of the season. And he has shown flashes of brilliance. He has tied Larry Bird's record for points in a game with 60 in an overtime win. They were down 32 points, and he led them back to victory. But then he goes out, and you, you fucking shit yourself against the Bulls or the Cavs or wh- any one of these other terrible fucking teams that, are, that have been eliminated from the playoffs. For months, these are lottery teams. These are teams that are going to be picking in the top five. And then you have Brad Wait. Stevens coming up. Well, it's just a bad match, Bad fucking matchup. No,
1: no. You should be ashamed of yourself for that.
0: No. You don't lose consistently to the worst teams in the league and then say, well, it's just a bad matchup. No. You know what it is? It's your team doesn't have any, any guys that just want to go out there and fucking play. They want to play. But they don't want to fucking play. Do
1: your goddamn job. Do yeah. what you're getting paid these millions of fucking dollars and they, for.
0: Uh, uh, both Tatum and Brown signed max extensions. Kemba is making thirty plus million a year because the next guy, this up and coming kid, is just waiting to take your job. Well, I mean, they no, that's that's not how it works in the NBA. These are the up and coming kids. The NBA, the players run the league. So Tatum and Brown, they can do whatever the fuck they want. See, that's stupid. But that's the way that the is league works. Su- yeah,
1: but that's stupid. That's
0: the way the league. That's how it's the NBA works. It's a waste of money. Well, that's the NBA the way the NBA works is you have to have three superstars on your team or else you're going nowhere. Um, And if you don't have three superstars, you have to have at least two and one of them has to be MVP caliber. So, a team like uh, the 76ers, Joel Embiid is MVP caliber player this year. The Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo has won the last two MVPs. And last year, they had the best record in the NBA. You know, over in, uh, in L.A., you have uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, two of the top five players in the league. And in New Jersey, you have Harden and Durant and Kyrie, but you never know what you're going to get out of any of those fucking guys night in, night out, uh, because Durant's been hurt most of the year, which I said was going to fucking happen, because... He's coming back from a catastrophic Achilles injury, and he's missed a shit ton of games with hamstring problems. Uh, Kyrie, you never know when the fuck he's going to show up or when he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm taking a week off. See you later. Uh, James Harden's been their most consistent player, but he sucks in the playoffs. He cannot carry his team. So I don't know what's going to happen when they all play together because we really haven't seen much of that. But... I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, everyone picked the Nets to win everything and how they're so unstoppable and nobody can beat them. I think Philadelphia can beat them, and I think Philadelphia can take them off their game. I think Milwaukee can beat them and take them off their game. So I'm not worried about the New Jersey Nets. Uh, we are going to be doing an NBA playoff uh, episode, so we'll get into that later. Uh, So Russell Westbrook has broken Oscar Robertson's record for career triple-doubles, 182. Uh, So good for him. His team is 32-38, and uh, despite also having the second-leading scorer in the NBA, Bradley Beal, who is trailing only uh, Steph Curry for most points per game. So you have a guy averaging a triple-double... You have a guy who is the second leading scorer in the NBA, and your team is six games below 500. So he's getting his numbers, but the team loses. And I hope he's happy that he'll never win a championship because he doesn't care about winning; just getting his numbers. And there are thousands of examples of him uh, refuse. You know, he'll box out a teammate to get a rebound, so he makes sure he gets his triple double, or he'll pass up an easy shot. So he can get a pass, so he can get an assist, so he can get his triple doubles. That's all he gives a shit about. Think about where Russell Westbrook has played. Like, he has, he has, he played for years with Oklahoma City. He had Harden, he had Durant, and couldn't make it work. They lost in six games to uh, LeBron's Heat. Despite having those three fucking guys on the team. Which shouldn't have been shouldn't have been a problem at all. They should have won that series easily. And then that was the same year uh, Durant left and went to the went to the Warriors. Um, no, that was the year after. Sorry. Um, he is a guy who then went to uh, Houston. He got traded for Chris Paul. Oh, man. Now you got Harden and you got Westbrook together. Oh, man, they're just going to tear the NBA up. No, they didn't. And Harden was just like, I can't play with this guy. And Westbrook was like, I can't play with this guy. So they both got traded off the fucking team.
1: God, they're bigger divas than I am. Oh,
0: they're the NBA players are the fucking worst when it comes to second only to NFL wide receivers.
1: Give me your money, I'll play hard for you. I can't say that I'll play well, but I'll fucking try.
0: So then you have, uh, you know, they, they finally send him to uh, Washington for John Wall, which, whatever. Houston's one of the worst teams in the league. Everybody kind of figured that was going to happen and saw that coming. But Russell Westbrook, despite being the most athletic point guard who has ever played this game... I love watching him play, but he's one of the most selfish players because all he cares about is getting his numbers. He will never win a championship because now he's in his mid-30s. He's like 33, 34, somewhere in there. His athleticism is going to start to go. His game is going to have to change. He can't shoot threes, which is what the league is all about. So I don't know what he's supposed to do. Like maybe he wins a championship as like the ninth guy coming off a bench, you know, maybe a similar situation as like Carmelo Anthony in, in Portland, but I can't see him ever winning a championship because he doesn't give a shit about the team game. He only cares about getting his number his numbers and getting his name in the papers and, and online. That's all he cares about. Uh, Udonis Haslam of the heat who has played for the heat for, 2021 20, years somewhere in there made his season debut in the in the regular season finale and got ejected 3 minutes in. He actually referred to this as showing that I can continue to play at a high level and help my team win. You played 3 minutes in the last game of the season for a total of 3 minutes for this entire year and you got ejected because you couldn't stay out of Dwight Howard's face, and that's showing that you can continue to play at a high level and help your team win? Get the fuck out of my face with that. Goddamn. Like Haslam was a guy who I loved watching play. I loved to watch play because he was a, a tough, hard-nosed role player who could do everything that you needed a role player to do. He started for a long time. Uh, like, he was on the team with fucking Alonzo Mourning and and Tim Hardaway. Uh, he was on the team with, Shaq and, LeB- with uh, Shaq and Dwayne Wade. He was on the team with Wade and LeBron and all those guys. And he was a guy who, you know, he was a good role player. But to say he helped his team and can still play at a high level, like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know, maybe he's got, you know, early onset dementia because he is he's the same age as me. He's 40. But like, I don't understand how getting getting ejected in the only three minutes you've played in the 56th out of 56 games. You've got three minutes logged this season. I don't understand how that shows how you can play at a high level and you're helping your team win. Doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. So with that, let's move on to the NFL. So this Tuesday, this past Tuesday, the full 17-game season schedule mm-hmm. had been released. The most sought-after ticket is the Bucks at Patriots in Week 4 with an average price of $1,370. Somebody uh, uh, someone just called into the sports hub the other day.
1: Saying that they sold their... Uh, two season six. tickets, six.
0: six season oh, okay. Tickets.
1: I thought it was two for a
0: total of fifteen thousand
1: dollars. Yes, so that's,
0: that's you're looking at uh, twenty five hundred bucks a pop. That's crazy. However, Tom Brady. Has the chance to be the first quarterback to defeat all thirty-two teams,
1: and I—I I think he's gonna do it.
0: He has beaten everybody. Oh, actually, no, no,
1: no. I—I I know he's gonna I do am, it. I
0: His dad.
1: I'm very positive. Tom Brady Sr. To called
0: into the Sports Hub and said that they were salivating, really, about playing the Patriots in Week Four. Really. So Brady's gonna still be fresh. He's gonna be forty-four but he's still going to be fresh. He's still going to be, you know, going. He's got to sa- basically I the mean, same team coming back from last year.
1: Tom Brady at 44 is a hell of a lot better than Cam Newton at whatever fucking age he's at.
0: I think. I don't know. But Or or, or what are they going
1: to start Mac Jones?
0: <sighs> fucking Mac Jones. No, like they won't. The Patriots will be better than they were last year because they have a better supporting cast, but they still don't have anybody to throw the ball to them except Mac Jones. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I think the the Buccaneers win this game, 56 to 10. Like Brady's going to throw three touchdowns to Gronk. He's going to spike the ball and in the end zone. Brady, he's going to
1: have a fucking smirk on his face the entire no, time. No, he's not going
0: to have a smirk. He's going to have that fucking insane Tom Brady look that he has, where he like runs around and is like scowling and angry and just like that if you watch rocky 3 when rocky gets the eye of the tiger that's what that's what brady's going to have brady's going to have the eye of the tiger the whole time he's going to go like 32 of I'm 35 i'm tom brady
1: i inject myself with stem cells i'm actually 18 years
0: old he's going to go he's going to go he's going to go 32 of 35 for 395 yards and five touchdowns zero interceptions and the defense is going to score twice. Like, it's going to be insane. So, the other four most sought after games are all at Las Vegas. Ravens at Raiders, which is the first Monday night game, which happens to be on our anniversary.
1: Oh, happy anniversary.
0: <coughs> They're going for $938. Chiefs at Raiders, which makes sense because it's Pat Mahomes mm. in Vegas. 852. Bears at Raiders, 665. Uh, And Eagles at Raiders, 607. Uh, According to win-loss records from the previous year, the Seahawks have the easiest strength of schedule. The Steelers have the hardest. The Raiders have the second hardest because their teams combined for uh, for the Steelers, 152. For the Raiders, 151 wins. Your Cowboys have the seventh easiest schedule. Mm -hmm. The Patriots have the 15th easiest, 17th hardest. So they're right in the middle. And the Raiders go to Dallas on Thanksgiving for Divorce Bowl 2. two. Uh, first one was won by Dallas. A
1: few years ago, it was Divorce Bowl. Raiders versus Dallas on Thanksgiving. So, and uh, the Cowboys won. And I, I you, think the Cowboys are going to win this one, too.
0: I don't know about that. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Slash is a big Dallas fan. I am a big Raiders fan. Obviously, anybody who has followed Major Sports Drops knows that I'm a big Raiders fan. I have oh let me look let me look I have uh, one two four two three four five six oh. mini helmets I was wrong six Raiders mini helmets two authentic helmets one being Bo Jackson and oh, I'm sorry three I have Bo Jackson Darren Waller and uh Jason Witten, and I only got the Witten because you're a Cowboys fan and you love Jason Witten. I Whitten. love Jason Witten. And one full-size replica helmet. I and I plus I have the uh, matching, I have the matching set of helmet, mini helmet, and jersey of Jim Plunkett. I have the jersey with the uh, full stats. And as soon as I have money, uh, I have a Bo Jackson uh, jersey that is being held for me by one of our good friends. So. Oh,
1: this is news to me. Excuse me, sir.
0: So, that Esposito jersey's coming out of the frame and Bo Jackson's going in. Sorry. Esposito's go- We got Bergeron. Eh. So. Yeah. We have a Bergeron Team Canada jersey. So. Uh.
1: It's shaping up to be a really uh, exciting and this is NFL 17 season. Seventeen games,
0: so yeah. you're not going to have anybody at 500 unless they have a tie. Not gonna, you know, you uh, know, you could have a team that's eight eight and one, but you're not going to have a team that's eight and eight. So, I have to look at the Raiders' schedule. We'll do this when it gets closer to the end to, uh, you know, the season starting. Obviously, we'll do fantasy football. You know, for obviously a big prize, we'll do. We'll do a couple of prizes because getting NFL jerseys is fairly easy for me or NFL helmets, you know, signed stuff. So we're definitely going to be doing that. So we're going to be looking for folks to join our, uh, our league. But uh, definitely uh, we'll be doing an NFL preview once the league year starts, once preseason starts, you know, and right before the season starts, uh, we'll do a big, big episode. We'll have a bunch of folks on. Uh, representing a bunch of different teams so um but i think with that that that's pretty much all i've got this week i know we spent a lot of time on hockey
1: we're going to be spending even more time on hockey so get used to it for the foreseeable future yep, during we're the be playoffs a
0: lot of playoff updates. Uh,
1: i love this time of year uh there there are two seasons that i absolutely adore it's spooky season during the month of october and it's playoff hockey season i love it uh, hockey becomes a completely different animal during the playoffs I, and love... I am so excited like seriously our television is pretty much going to be mostly hockey
0: what's going to happen is he i was fortunate enough last year to be working from home when everything kicked back on and playoffs would start at noon so i would have <laughs> I would have hockey and and basketball on for twelve hours. That it's from noon to fucking midnight as I worked from home. Now I'm out of work, so unfortunately they won't be starting at noon. But I'll have uh, all kinds of time to watch uh, hockey and and basketball, and you know we'll see we'll see what the schedules look like. But I think we're going to get back to it, some sort of normalcy. Because we're not going to have, although I will be excited again uh, because they're not playing in the bubble. We won't be getting bumped, you know, when you see a six overtime fucking game like the Blue Jackets oh my and God. Lightning had.
1: Oh, that was an incredible incredible game though the I stamina of these guys to keep going for second. so long i mean i i do think that we're going to see some really exciting matchups i think we're going to see some long games i think we're going to see a lot of game 7s especially right out of the gate oh, uh, i think the
0: second uh, round is uh, going to be the I, game 7s
1: i and i'm again like some of these teams you know obviously uh fresh out of the gate these guys they've played against each other but the further you get into the playoffs these guys have not seen each other yet this year because of the way that the divisions were reset because of covid After the and the first travel. two
0: rounds everything is going to be I, all gonna new be fresh. there's and it's, no it's, record that anybody has against it each is other it's
1: so cool and i think i think then we're going to see a lot of game 7s because yeah, it's going to be cuz there's that unfamiliarity it's it's, it's so It's so exciting. Like, it really is. It's really the first time that these teams, Um,
0: like, will not have played each other in the regular season. Right, because,
1: you know, a lot of times the East teams don't play the West teams as much.
0: They'll play them a couple of times. Right, but they still
1: still meet up a handful of times over the year. Every team. Exactly. So, so you. There's no unfamiliarity. Uh, You kind of know a little bit of what you're getting into. The further you get into these playoffs, these teams have no fucking clue what they're up against. So it's going to be interesting to see how these teams uh, adapt and think quickly on their feet and, you know, I think some some of these teams are going to be better at it than others. And I think the, the Bruins have shown over the past, especially, like I said, since the trade deadline, their ability to adapt and go with the flow and change up lines. Uh, I think they well, got it. Well, also have
0: guys, you know, they got uh, it. most of the, the core players on this team have been with this team for, for uh, 10 I mean, plus years. marshan Tuca, Bergeron, Krejci. They won the
1: Stanley Cup back in 2011, and
0: they've been on the same team. They know what it takes to win. They know how to elevate the players around them. You have great, how many times has David Krejci led the fucking league in playoff scoring? Uh, Repeatedly. I I was going to say
1: too many times to count at this point. (coughs) And with the David Krejci that we're seeing right now, playing this second line, the fact that we have an actual second line.
0: And a third line that can score?
1: Looking at you, Taylor Hall, David Krejci, Craig Smith.
0: And then you have Coyle and whoever they put with Coil. Coil Frederick maybe.
1: I'm, yeah, I Yeah, they have so many different players that are interchangeable. They have these two lines that are solid. These two lines, obviously, the perfection line. And this second line that has had great chemistry over the past couple of weeks. I would say a month month at this point um it's it's just it's it's just magical and it's exciting and i cannot wait to watch this it's gonna be uh it's gonna be so much fun
0: yeah it's gonna be great and i can't wait to see what happens so um i think with that being said it's a good time to uh wrap this up and uh you know Uh, Slash, you got anything you want to say to the folks at home? Yeah, until next week, kids. Go Bruins! And stay out of the penalty box. And uh, peace out. we out of here. Good night. Good night. I love you. Peace out. I'm out of here.